Ladies and gentlemen, fellas, 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 welcome back. Monday Night Football. We don't got two games, so I waited to do this one because last week we had to work overtime on our overtime, waiting for two games to get scheduled. Now we only got one game as one is going to get pushed back. So we're going to cover this one game, but it's pretty freaking wild. So I'm going to be live tonight at 6.30 p.m. East Coast time because there's $500,000 up for grabs on a showdown slate. It's not even like it's the opening week. It's not even like it's a second or third week. We're going into right now the end of week five, and we got $500,000 rooskies up for grabs. So we're going to be covering it. We're going to be breaking down on this channel right here like we do every single position, every single player. And if you would take a second of your time and hit that like button for me, we just crossed 30,000 subscribers for thank you all so much for that big old subscriber. And if you have not yet already, why have you not joined this community? It takes two seconds of your time. And and I believe there's going to be a short snippet on my second YouTube channel, Big Energy Sports, which I will link up down below if you want to check that out. We're going to be focusing on sports betting on that channel as well as just loose content. So I'll be looking for some creators in that space to help me out with that channel as well. And the sponsor of today's show is going to be Super Draft and SuperDraft has their multipliers up for this one game slate already, and some of them are looking very good. We'll talk through SuperDraft as we get through it. I'll give you the play of the day that I usually play over on SuperDraft. I do project all out SuperDraft projections as well, so you can check them out. What it is is a multiplier format, not salary cap based, so you get an extra bonus amount of points depending on what the multiplier is for that player. So for example, today, the multipliers that you're going to see on Jared Cook, if he plays, are 2.2x. So he gets 2.2x times his points compared to Kamara, who's only getting 1x his points. So an extra 120% points, whatever Jared Cook gets, you multiply it by that and that's how you can get a little bit of a strategy going on. If you use the promo code SAL, my name, S-A-L, you will get a 50% deposit match, so literally just free money bonus up to $1,000 in a slow drip format, so go ahead, take advantage of the free money, take advantage of the fact that these contests and these games are not nearly as hard as some of the other spots because the contests don't fill, all the professionals aren't over there, $3,500 to first place tonight in their main contest for the showdown slate, check it out, promo code SAL, S-A-L, lets them know that you come for me, it's all linked up down below. So let's start this bad boy off, and we'll start it off top with the most expensive player, I will call out that Michael Thomas has been suspended, got in a fight, punched somebody in his practice so he's not going to be playing in this game right now so what you end up getting is the most expensive player in the slate Alvin Kamara and I believe they were going to price him here just in case Michael Thomas wasn't playing Thomas was supposed to play but with Kamara out look it's going to be hard to pass up he's $12,000 so yes if you're hand building one lineup and you want to fade who it's going to still be a chalky Kamara that's fine I haven't projected for north of 25 fantasy points so on a showdown slate there's going to have to be a lot of positive things if he stays healthy a lot of positive things that this defense does to stop him but he has the number one target share in the NFL amongst running backs and it's not even like it's 20 percent 22 percent he's just getting a decent amount of targets he has a 28 percent target share as a running back like that's pushing top 10 in the nfl at any single position right now he's getting 12 and a half t- attempts per game and 18.8 targets per game so he's the 1a 1b running back right now on this team with latavius murray he would be the 1a and he's the 1a wide receiver right now on this team so when you get those two pieces of usage it's just really hard to ignore him and then you factor in that his team total historically speaking for running backs when you want to get them he's a favorite they're favored in this game by seven and a half points and his team total is pushing 29 or 30 points anytime you get a running back in that good of a spot it's usually going to pay off for you when you throw in the fact that he's also going to be contributing in the passing game it's hard it's hard to ignore seven touchdowns so far this year for a guy who pretty much had that number or less than it last year the entire season yes I know he was hurt but that's what we were screaming about how he's not getting in the end zone now he's getting a lot a lot of positive touchdown regression at this point Michael Thomas being out surely helps that 66% of the snaps this year and a 60% opportunity share $12,000 Alvin Kamara I agree that he is very expensive but he's going to be somebody that I'm prioritizing tonight as of right now again my projections and ranks you can find them all linked down below a peek behind the curtain on Alvin Kamara for his DraftKings projection right now for me is going to be right around 25 and his super draft projection since it's a 1x multiplier also going to be right around 25 usually the 1x multipliers don't look that good on super draft but tonight Kamara will be somewhere not the highest projected player for me but it'll be somewhere around the top five next up the second most expensive player we stick to the Saints right now and you end up getting Drew Brees at 10,400 for a quarterback this is a fair price point yes he hasn't been as great as everybody wants but he's still been decent like he's not throwing downfield right he's attempting 32 attempts per game and only six attempts downfield 20 plus more yards all season 
season long. That's not great, but this has kind of been the story now for three or four years. He still has a 7.8 yards per attempt, which is a good number above average. He's still top five in true completion percentage, which is just something that you know when you lock in Drew Brees to be ranking highly in that category. The Saints do have a top 10 pass protection unit against a bottom half of the league pass rush. So this is a good matchup for him, and he's going to be a touchdown favorite. $10,400, I would prefer the quarterback who's probably playing from behind more times than not, but he also has a better team total of a touchdown Brees. So if you consider that maybe he's going to be getting that one in the passing department, it kind of does justify his price at 10400 and maybe even makes him a value. He's only averaging 17 fantasy points per game, which is only 21st among quarterbacks this year, and he's number seven in red zone attempts. So 17 fantasy points per game. If he gets 17 in this specific game right here, or his 18.24 DraftKings points per game, 17 is standard PPR leagues, his 18.2 DraftKings points per game, it's not the same as Justin Herbert. But if he's able to do that, he could be very much so in play. I would prefer Kamara, who is much more expensive, but I would prefer his ceiling there. And again, the next player up, I'm going to actually prefer Justin Herbert, but Drew Brees is going to be a yes for me because just crunching my 150 lineups right now, I can tell you that I'm going to be getting a lot of both quarterbacks based on where their price points are. Normally, when the quarterbacks are in the 11 or $12,000 range, I don't get as much, but I'm probably going to have a lot of lineups with maybe both quarterbacks and Kamara if it can fit, but more so than not, more times than not, one of the quarterbacks in Kamara. And I don't think that every single one of those lineups has to be Brees plus Kamara, not even anywhere near it. And be sure to tune into the live stream. We do a lot of strategy talking, we do a lot of game theory talking, we talk about ownership, we talk about leverage plays, we talk about correlation. 6 30 p.m. tonight is going to be an hour long live stream before the game starts. So be sure to check that out. You can hit the notification bell and the subscribe button to be notified of when that goes live. Justin Herbert is the quarterback that I would prefer if building one lineup as of right now. Yes, the team total is not as great, but they're going to be playing from behind. Right now, it looks like Janoris Jenkins, the cornerback two for the Saints, is going to be missed. It seems like Malcolm Jenkins is safety, and also you're going to be getting Marshawn Lattimore practicing limited this week. It seems like they're suiting up to play, so not as good for Justin Herbert, but his number one weapon, or really his top two weapons, in my opinion, in the passing game, not counting Eckler, who's injured, is going to be Keenan Allen, who moves into the slot the majority of the time. Lattimore, I doubt, shadows him into the slot. And then Hunter Henry, a tight end in the middle of the field, who's actually going to have a fine match up against Malcolm Jenkins, in my opinion. The tougher matchups will be in three wide receiver sets on the outside if Mike Williams returns. He'll probably see some Marshawn Lattimore. And then Jalen Gunton probably sees PJ Williams, which is a fine matchup on the outside. Gunton has not been playing a ton of snaps, but on the snaps that he is playing, he's producing a ton. Last week, he actually saw a rise in his snaps. We'll talk about that. Herbert, right now, the pass protection ranks 27th. It's an issue with the injuries right now. Brian Balaga, the former Packer, Trey Turner, the former Carolina Panther, they're both out yet again. This is a concern for the offensive line. 35 and a half attempts per game, 310 yards per game for the rookie. He's looked fantastic. He's top five in yards per attempt at 8.7 right now. He's top five in true completion percentage, even better than Breeze. He's the number two quarterback in the NFL under pressure this year, and he's being under pressure a lot. And he's number two in his wide receiver yards after the catch. So we saw that last week. Guyton had a huge touchdown. Tyron Johnson, who I didn't even know who that was until he had the long touchdown. Uh, Donald Parham had a pretty long touchdown on one snap. The former XFL tight end gets in the end zone. So he has a lot of playmakers out there, and he has very consistent playmakers as well when it comes to Hunter Henry and Keenan Allen being on the field and just being able to get consistently open, and they will have fine matchups. So playing from behind, I would expect another 35 to 40 pass attempts from Justin Herbert. He's in play for me. He would be the quarterback I would choose for more of a ceiling game performance if you were to pick one. Next up is Keenan Allen, and he's a fair price point as well at 9400 You could argue with me that Keenan Allen should be above both the quarterbacks in pricing based on how he's playing this year. He has a fine matchup against Gardner Johnson in the slot where he plays 44% of the time. I do not believe that Marshawn Lattimore will shadow Keenan Allen to the slot. It's a possibility. I don't believe so if that is indeed Marshawn Lattimore being healthy, but Allen will go to the outside in two wide receiver sets. He might see some Lattimore then. Again, I still think it's a fine matchup for Keenan Allen's skill set. Guys like Keenan Allen, guys like Tyreek Hill to an extent, Devonta Adams, Stefan Diggs. If their route runners are just used in wild ways, it's really hard to kind of take them out of a game as a cornerback. Allen is number two in targets per game, only behind DeAndre Hopkins right now at 12.2 per game, but he's number one in the NFL in target share. 37% target share right now. He's averaged over 13.3 targets per game over the last three games. He's just been absolutely a monster so far, 109 yards per game, and he's top 10 in air yards, top five in yards after the catch. Keenan Allen for me, if he's going to get a good matchup, if he's getting this much usage, and he's a guy, the stars that come out on like Monday night, Thursday night, Sunday night, they, they kind of show up for these primetime games that everybody's going to see. He's 
like the definition of that type of player who just shows up in these moments very similar to deandre hopkins usually tyree kill you just get these huge performances out of them on prime time because they want to show out i believe there's something to that keenan allen is going to be a yes for me now the first player that i'm probably not going to have as much interest in and i'm borderline going to make him a no right now uh, so right now we're going to make joshua kelly a no and it's really nothing against the talent i love joshua kelly it's just the situation and the price point now maybe he becomes a maybe for me maybe he gets into some of my lineups but you started off by just looking at the fact that he's a seven and a half point underdog on a team with a 21.5 21.25 in some spots team applied total as a running back and the thing is he's not going to be like the every down three down back at least we don't project that look this backfield usually likes to use two running backs anyways and last week you ended up getting Eckler getting hurt all he ended up seeing was nine carries for seven yards in just 13 routes for three catches on three targets so it's good to see the 12 opportunities overall but he didn't do much with them and the fact that Justin Jackson got involved last week and was seeing just very similar work as well two targets brought in had seven carries on the ground is somewhat of a concern that this might be a 60 40 backfield split on the season so far he's playing just under 40 percent of the snaps seeing about 13 attempts and two targets per game a six percent target share right there and he's getting about two and a half red zone touches per game right now he's going up against a top 10 run defense and his offensive line is bottom five in the league in run blocking so those are my concerns right there he's just priced up to 8200 dollars he's the only guy in the 8k range so it's kind of a little bit of a gap between him and the next range but i prefer to go down to some of the guys we're about to talk about i prefer to go down to the guy who's almost half his price point in his own backfield at justin jackson in just a little bit next up is hunter henry and he'll probably see some malcolm jenkins if jenkins is indeed in there it's a fine spot pff has it as the number five overall tight end advantage of the week henry's just been good on the air he's been very consistent he's seeing six and a half targets per game that's a 20 percent share for a tight end is very good he's number two in the nfl in yards for tight ends at 245 he's top six in yards per reception so he's being targeted downfield right now he's a red zone weapon for them seven eight hundred dollars maybe a tick too expensive or not too expensive but maybe tick more expensive than i'd like this would be a great price point if it was like 72 to 7500 but we'll take the 7800 price tag right here i do indeed think that that's fine to get to at 7800 there is a ceiling here anybody who usually has two touchdown upside and is involved you know seeing like six seven eight targets a game like hunter henry is is usually going to be a yes for me on a showdown slate if they have that type of upside next up is traquan smith and traquan smith leads all the saints wide receivers since the end of week one when michael thomas got hurt so since thomas has been out he leads all the saints wide receivers right now in routes run with 32.3 per game but not in targets he has 16 to emmanuel sanders 17 13 catches for 182 yards he is playing majority of the time 44 percent of his snaps overall out of the slot right now he'll probably see desmond king which is not a good matchup by any means it's not ideal 4.5 targets per game on just a 14 percent target share so far for mr traquan smith none of that really sounds that great right now if jared cook comes back there's an argument to say that he's like the number four option in traquan smith although maybe the number one talent at wide receiver but number four option right now behind jared cook behind alvin kamar potentially behind a combo of latavius murray if it's a running game script or emmanuel sanders who's neck and neck with him right now in targets right now i'm not getting the greatest value out of traquan smith i do think there's a lot of upside in his overall usage and overall downfield usage he's going to remain in play for me but i do think this is a really tough matchup he's probably if i put a bunch of x's on players it means a maybe he's probably the one who goes out of my overall interest if i'm playing one to three lineups i'm probably not playing him if i'm playing 150 i assume i get some so that's why i put him as an x he'll be in my player pool but he would be like one of the first players to kind of get out of that range probably next up jared cook likely to return is what they're saying he missed week four he got hurt midway through the game against his former team the green bay packers in week three so if we just look at the two weeks that he's been healthy this year he's seen 12 targets and he's seen 24 routes per game if active pff has that as a top six advantage versus white and the rest of the chargers linebackers and some of their cover safety so right now i think jared cook's a fair price point we're going to get to his teammate right below him but they look like pretty identical plays for me if jared cook is actually going to be healthy and in play at 6200 he's not going to be yet a yes for me i want to see kind of what this injury status looks like but right now i can project him for pretty close to 12 fantasy points and if i look at him over on super draft he looks like one of the best plays over there as well so super draft again promo code sal sal link down below so on super draft right now i have him as my 
fourth highest projected player, and that's if he's playing in a somewhat limited variety as well. His teammate Emmanuel Sanders is number two in routes run out of all the wide receivers. One a couple behind right now, Traquan Smith, one target behind him. He's running 30.3 per game. He has 17 targets so far in the season since week one, Michael Thomas getting hurt. He plays about 30 to 35 percent of his snaps in all the wide receiver spots. So he'll see some Desmond King in the slot, probably in three wide receiver sets. He'll transfer in and out with Traquan Smith. He'll see Casey Hayward on the outside, not the greatest of spots. Hayward not having the best of starts to his season, but still not the greatest of spots. And then I'll also see some Michael Davis. So no matter where he'll be, he'll probably have a difficult to slightly not great matchup for Emmanuel Sanders. So makes it a little bit less appealing, but it's kind of baked into the price point. He's definitely going to be play for me if I can imagine that in this game, he'll run somewhere near 30 routes. He'll see somewhere around five or six targets at 5,600. If he was like 6,500, it's a different story. It's harder to pay that off. But if you get an extra one or two targets for $900 less than what I would consider like a breakthrough point, it looks a little bit better. Next up is Mike Williams expected to play after missing week four with a hamstring. He's a candidate to see a lot of Marshawn Lattimore on the outside and three wide receiver sets. So far, when he's healthy this year, he's seeing about 4.7 targets per game, a 13% opportunity share, just seven catches for 100 yards on the season and about two and a half to three games so far. If I'm playing like one to two lineups, I'm not going to be playing Mike Williams at $5,000. I assume he will be somewhat lower owned on this slate though. In my 150 max builds, I assume that I get to him. There's not a lot of options and you're going to see pretty quickly, really not a lot of value options on this slate. We're about to get to this 4K and below range. That's not that great. There's like one guy, maybe two that we can point out. And we could start with Latavius Murray. Some of the backup or the RB2s on these teams, like the 1A to 1Bs, look decent. Latavius Murray in positive game scripts has looked very good this year. And it looks like as a seven and a half point favorite, he's going to get that opportunity again. He's played 34% of the snaps and he's seen 36% of the opportunity share. He's getting about 12 and a half opportunities per game, 11 touches and one and a half targets right now. He sees 2.8 red zone rushing attempts per game. So there's a lot of upside pretty easily, in my opinion, if you get a touchdown to pay off this $4,800 price tag. He's coming off of a 16 touch week, which is the second time he saw 16 touches in a game since week one, when they also had a big lead. And the third time this year, he's seen at least 13 touches. He's just running seven routes per game, ran the most last week at 12. So you're not going to get much of a passing game involvement. But if you can kind of bank on 10 to 12 touches at 4,800 with red zone usage, it's pretty interesting to me. He's going to become a yes at this point at 4,800, because I do think there's upside on a showdown slate. If you're getting below $5,000, where there's not much else value below you, getting those 10 to 12 to maybe even 15 touches in a game in a positive game script for your kind of workload and red zone usage is really hard to ignore. Justin Jackson, I'm also going to have interest in. Week four, he only had six carries for nine yards, ran eight routes, and did see two catches. So he brought in eight overall touches on eight opportunities compared to his teammate who saw about 12 overall opportunities in Joshua Kelly. Now keep this in mind. I, I, I said earlier, 60-40 split is what I expect here, but I'm not going to be shocked. Maybe even a 65-35 split with Justin Jackson being unfortunately the 35 of that, but I would not be shocked if this gets closer to 50-50. Joshua Kelly, the rookie out of UCLA, has fumbled in back-to-back weeks and lost those fumbles. That is detrimental, and that usually puts you in somewhat of a doghouse. So one, Joshua Kelly has the risk of fumbling again, and that would just take him out of the game in, in a major way. Or two, the coaches can just say, you know what, we need to give Justin Jackson the ball more. He actually holds on to the football. So that's the upside that, okay, we can project this for like a 65-35 split, and even at a 65-35 split right now, Justin Jackson still looks like a pretty nice value play in this range. I would consider him over the kickers who are similarly priced at this point, and the defenses who are pretty closely in price. So he's going to be a yes for me, and I think that there's a lot more upside to the point where, okay, look, they're going to be touch on underdogs. So that's the concern. Maybe he only sees five carries, but maybe he sees five targets. Maybe he brings in four of those. Maybe he picks up in the passing game alone, five, six or seven points, which is going to outscore most kickers most nights when you factor in then his running game ability. So he's going to be a yes for me early on in the day. We'll kind of revisit this later on once I finish the projections and see how it's looking once I build all my lineups. Next up is Jalen Gunton, who if Mike Williams returns, he won't be as involved as he was last week. Last week, he was the wide receiver two with Mike Williams out and he ran 25 routes, but it only resulted in one target. Luckily though, that one target went for a 72 yard touchdown. He's played 83% of the snaps on back to back week. So Mike Williams being out is definitely raising his snap count a ton right now. If Mike Williams returns, I still think Guyton is going to be the wide receiver three on this team, but he probably falls behind Hunter Henry in the pecking order, maybe the running back. So he's like the fourth or fifth option whenever he's on the field. And even right now, he's not getting a lot of usage from Justin Herbert, just a couple looks a game. He's just lucky that those are going for touchdowns. Had a touchdown a couple weeks back with Justin Herbert in Herbert's debut as 
well. So he's locked in as a top three wide receiver on this team, but he's pretty expensive for what the role is probably going to be. If Mike Williams returns, maybe you get 15 to 20 routes at a guy in here. Maybe you get two or three targets at most out of him. It's not that great. I'm not going to make him a no right now because I want to wait on this Mike Williams news, but odds are from building just a couple of lineups, I don't want to put Guyton in there. I think he's kind of just overpriced for what his role is. Next up, you have the kickers. As always, the kickers are fine to get to. I usually set a rule, especially in higher total games like this one approaching 50 to get at most one kicker, but that's fine if I have none. I usually don't want two kickers in my lineup, so that's probably where I'll go to right now with the kickers. The Saints defense ranks 19th overall. They're top 10 in run defense and tackling. They're just not that great in pass coverage, and that's why we like Herbert today, and they're not that great. They're around average in pass rush. They're in play at 3,600. I'm not going to just make them a no just yet. I think that these both defenses I will keep in my player pool as of right now. Same with the Chargers, who are not as good. 21st in total defense. They basically rank in the bottom half or bottom third in the league in every single category except pass coverage, where we know they have a good secondary with Desmond King and Hayward and Davis. And unfortunately, Derwin James is going to be injured and not in this game. But right now, you can see that they're in the top half of the league, 14th overall. So they'll be in play too. But again, defenses and kickers, I don't usually prioritize. If they get into some of my lineups, that's fine. If they're a last guy in, if you're hand building, that's fine usually. I usually try not to get a bunch of defenses and kickers in the same lineup though. And then I'll scroll down towards the bottom where the quote unquote value is supposed to be, but there's really not much on the slate after the defenses. Like Tyrone Johnson last week, yeah, he has a huge touchdown. It's very similar to Jalen Guyton. Tyrone Johnson just ran five routes. He ended up catching a 53 yard touchdown on his one target. I'm not going to rely on that again for a guy who's only ran five routes all year. And now Mike Williams is likely to return here. So he's going to be a no. Taysom Hill this year, who's usually like a slow showdown slate god for people. And honestly, maybe he's the only option below $2,000 or even $3,000 that we like and we go to at $1,600. But he's looked dreadful and looks like a liability the past couple of weeks. He ran just six routes and saw one target in week four. He had no passing or rushing work in week four either. And then if you look at what he's done so far in the year, it's not the same that they kind of paid him all this money to do, right? One pass attempt on the year, three targets and eight rushing attempts. The eight rushes for 33 yards is actually pretty decent, right? You're getting a little around four yards per carry, but just 12 total opportunities on the year through four weeks at this point right now. And it's not generating much overall yardage, somewhere around like 50 overall yards in the season. So obviously he's going to be using the red zone as he is usually like one or two times per game. So you're banking on at 1600 that he gets that like five yard passing touchdown, or he runs in a little bit of a reverse for a touchdown. He finishes with like six and a half points at this price range. He's the only guy down in this range that I would even consider. I'll make him a maybe, but if I'm being completely honest with you, he's looked dreadful to this point, and I wouldn't try and consider anything more than one or two touches out of him in this game. And based on how things are going right now, I'm not sure I would even consider since Latavius Murray has been very good as a secondary back, since right now it looks like they're not wanting him to be a liability. He fumbled away a pass in the past as well. So I believe that you might not get more than two or three opportunities, if that, out of him. It's the only thing down here, though. So if I'm forced to pick one, I'll probably pick with Taysom Hill, because then going down to Donald Palm, former XFL tight end. Man, I loved in the spring getting to watch the XFL and the Dallas Renegades until that thing came to an end, which is sad, but it will be returning next year. But yeah, what you're going to be getting is a one route last week goes for a 19 yard touchdown. It's similar to Guyton, right? To an extent, Guyton had more routes run, but overall his one target went for a touchdown. Exact same thing for Johnson. These guys are not getting a lot of usage. I like Donald Parham, but I don't think he's going to get that much usage. He only had one route on the season. It went for a 19 yard touchdown. Adam Trotman, if Cook is out, maybe we look to him, but he trolled everybody last year. Cook is trending towards playing, so I probably don't have any interest. But Trotman in week four rolled out, didn't take any routes run. He didn't see any targets. At least that's what Pro Football Focus and player profile have. He Breeze only attempted 25 overall passes, and two of them were just to tight ends total. So he wasn't really using his tight ends in general with no Jared Cook. He wasn't really throwing that much anyways. But yeah, Trotman at $1,000 today. He trolled everybody last week. Maybe it's the ultimate flop lag, but I won't have much interest. And then really nobody else down here is that interesting to me. Josh Hill only ran seven routes in week four. He's ran just seven routes per game on the season. Maybe you get one catch for 18 yards. Maybe you get two catches for 20 yards, but you probably need a touchdown at $800 Josh Hill. He's probably the best guy in the single digit range to get a touchdown. No interest in Virgil Green, just six routes this season. Marquez Callaway is somebody that people are going to call for. I will call out that Deontay Harris is also out. He was operating as the wide receiver three when Michael Thomas has been out the past couple of weeks. Now he's not been running a lot of routes, Deontay Harris. Maybe he runs like 12 to 15 routes, but it looks like Marquise Callaway, who ran four routes last week 
after Harris ran eight and got hurt might be the guy to step in. But keep in mind, this might only mean that at $600, he might only run like eight routes. Now it's better than running zero routes. So Callaway is another guy to at least call out. I'll put him as a no right now. But later on in the show, you can see that depending on what my projections will pull up for him, maybe they'll project him for around two and a half, three fantasy points. And then he might become a play for me at that point, because if he's getting opportunity, if he's running routes, then you can always have the opportunity for a touchdown on some of those. I remember David Moore last year wasn't running a lot of routes for Seattle and he got like a 10 yard touchdown. He ended up being in the winning lineups on a showdown slate. The rest of the guys, no interest. Jason Moore will be my only interest if Mike Williams is ruled out, but it's trending towards him playing a season high 30% of the snaps last week and 15 routes with Mike Williams out. Again, if indeed Mike Williams is back, you would expect that to drop to wide receiver four numbers, which is like maybe four routes run. Benny Fowler is on this team. They signed him at least the last time I saw for uh, the New Orleans Saints. So keep an eye if Benny Fowler is active. He's been a former New York Giant and he's produced there with touchdowns with overall receptions and getting some separation. I don't know if they've officially kind of put him on the team yet. I believe that they, I saw a report for it, but Benny Fowler, if he's indeed going to be active tonight, they're down Deontay Harris. They have no Michael Thomas. They might not like what they're seeing in Marcus Callaway. Emmanuel Sanders has not been that great for them. Jared Cook is banged up. There's crazier things that can happen, but just keep an eye on the actives and actives. If they say that Benny Fowler is active, look for any reports on what his role might be because at $200, I would not be completely shocked if he went out there and ran like 15 routes and saw three or four targets. So that's where we're at right now for this Monday Night Football slate. Again, $500,000 up for grabs tonight. Be sure before you go to hit the like button, hit the big old subscribe button. I appreciate that a ton. And check out the sponsor of the show today, Super Jeff. You will get a free money bonus, free money bonus, 50% up to $1,000. Just free money that you're staring in the face uh, in a slow drip format. If you use the promo code SAL, S-A-L, you can play over there, $3,500 up for grabs tonight. And what is going to be a lot easier competition. You're playing against all the top professionals who make six, seven figures, even if it's high five figures a year over on DraftKings every single night. It's fun because there's bigger price pools, 500K. Yes, I'm going to be probably shooting for that to an extent as well. But Super Jeff is going to be a lot easier to actually produce ROI, return on investment and build your bankroll there, which I think a lot of people would like to do. So be sure to check that out down below. In the description, you will find my second YouTube channel, which is going to be starting to put out some content as well in the in the sports betting space. It's going to be big energy sports, but I'll also link it up down below if you want to shoot me a follow and a subscribe over there. Thanks a lot in advance, everybody. I'll see you all at 6.30 p.m. Eastern time for the live stream before the Monday Night Slate starts. Be sure to hit the subscribe and notification bell so you're notified of when we go live tonight, and I'll see you all there in the next one.